Hello, 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 and welcome to In Flight, Threshold's best and only podcast. I'm your host, Solvashez. Happy New Year, everybody. Hopefully you had a great two weeks since we were off last week for the holiday. In Flight is coming to you from a new microphone this episode, except for the interview because that was recorded a week and a half ago. But I have got a new microphone, so now the noise in the background should be considerably less. I'm using a dynamic microphone now instead of a condenser microphone. And if you don't know, condenser microphones are typically a little bit higher quality in the sense that they get a wider range of frequencies. But dynamic microphones, which is the one that I'm using, they get a smaller range, but they are also really, really great for background noise. So I am able to record in front of my computer with my fans going now without you being able to hear the fans, which wasn't the case with my condenser microphone. So hopefully things will sound a little bit better from here on out. I'm really excited to try out this microphone. I really, really like it so far. This is my first day with it. Um, This week on the show, we have DeAndre Newman from Air Daily X. Uh, You will probably not know what Air Daily X is, but Air Daily X, as DeAndre will explain it, I'll briefly go into it. Air DLX was pretty much one of the first flight simulation news websites, and they didn't cover anything that had to do with X-Plane. They only covered B3D and FSX news. But DeAndre is definitely in the scene now. He's a part of Milviz, and he also has done a lot of stuff at FS Expo. Uh, in fact, he, has inter- he interviewed a lot of people at FS Expo 2019. Uh, so, we talk a little bit about that. I will let you know in advance. This interview was very, very long. Uh, by the time that we finished it, it was about an hour and 40 minutes, which is crazy. Uh, and we were talking for considerably longer before that and also after that uh, as well. So I think we were on the phone for like a total of two hours and 30 minutes, which is crazy. So there's a lot to this interview and it was really, really difficult to cut down. So, um, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different this week, and I'm going to be releasing an uncut version that's also going to come out when this podcast comes out. So if you're listening to the DeAndre interview and you're not quite satisfied with everything and you want to hear everything else that he has to say, uh, because we do go into more depth about some questions that I have asked, Uh, there's follow-up questions that I asked in the full interview that I cut out um, in order to make it sure that we were able to cover everything for the in-flight episode. And it'll be on the SoundCloud and every, everywhere else um, as this episode is released. So we have DeAndre Newman on the show today. We were going to do an editorial, but as I said, our interview with DeAndre was just so long, that, so it was so hard to cut down. We're going to be holding that off until next week uh, so that this episode doesn't go to the one-hour mark, which it probably would, because that ended up being quite taking up quite a bit of time because it's a lot to cover uh, and we wanted to make sure that we did the editorial properly. So now we're going to hop into the news as we usually do. Kicking off our news coverage for this week, we return to some news in FlightSim Scandinavia who have previewed their upcoming Scandinavian Mountains Airport. Set to feature a clearly textured terminal, little ground clutter, and all custom-made objects. The scenery has no planned release date so far. Check out the editorial for all the preview images. 
Up next is Flight Factor, who have shown off an update to their A350 aircraft. The update is set to be an update to the existing version 1 of the aircraft, not the version 2, meaning the update will be free. Set to be included in the update is the long-awaited SIDS and STARS support, as well as a huge graphical update. We look forward to that. Continuing the news, now with news from the present week, we come to Aerosoft, who has announced their all-new Dubai Next Generation, the latest project from Omar Masroor, an Aerosoft published developer. The project is still a fair way off, with a prediction for late 2020 as the earliest release date. Check out the previews and the feature list over on the editorial. Next up is RU Sky Group, who released their Yak-52 Professional, their first aircraft for X-Plane, and has been in development since March of last year. The Yak-52 has too many amazing features to list here, so we'll keep it short, with 4K, PBR textures, as well as simulation of all aircraft system. RU Sky Group's Yak-52 Professional is available for $45 at the xplane.org store now. Continuing, we have Short Final Design, who have updated their Salt Lake City to version 1.5. Short Final Design, the payware brand of Mr. X, the update adds rain and snow effects, SAM support, and new PBR effects, among others. Check out the change log over on the editorial. Next up is Sim Toolkit Pro, which has been updated to version 0.5. The update to the popular X-Plane freeware utility adds many new functions, including new fleet location tracking. Check out all the changes on the editorial. Finishing off the news for this week is the controversial story of SimMarket selling hacked version of JarDesign's Airbus aircraft. The story started when JarDesign contacted us at Threshold to notify us of the story. Since then, the products have been removed from the SimMarket site after being online for five hours. That's it for the news coverage this week. If you want to find out any more details on any of today's news, you can on the Threshold editorial, which can be found at thresholdx.net. That's T-H-R-E-S-H-O-L-D-X dot N-E-T, along with other great X-Plane news. Thanks for listening to the news. My guest this week is DeAndre Newman, who, as I mentioned, was the founder and sole operator of Air Daily X for many years until selling it due to personal priorities. We welcome DeAndre to the show and are really, really excited to have him with us. Hey, DeAndre, how's it going? How are you doing today? So good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What What does the the average threshold listener need to know about you in order to get a picture of who you are? Well, the average threshold member probably has absolutely no idea who I am because I'm not a very big X-Plane guy. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but I used to run a website called Air Daily X, which was uh, really popular in the FSX P3D realm. And um, I don't know how much of the history you want to get back into that, but uh, I ran that for uh, probably about seven years. Um, and at one point, it was really the most popular um, online resource uh, until FS Elite came along. And um, by the time FS Elite started, um, was right when I was actually leaving the the space because uh, I had gotten a new career and I didn't have time to run it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I did that for a number of years. I think over the course of that seven years, I think I wrote something around 8,000 articles, a couple of hundred reviews, about maybe a hundred or so uh, live streams and uh, podcasts as well. So it was a lot of fun. I don't really do it much anymore, um, which I should also get onto another point because I did recently as well, recently as about a year ago, I started a new website 
called Flight Level 350. And um, when I had sold Air Daily X, the people that I sold it to completely butchered it up. So it's actually gone now if you go to airdailyx.net. It, I don't think anything will come up anymore. But um, with the new site, I was kind of hoping to pick up where I left off. And uh, as I was getting the site up and running, I wound up going to work with a developer, which is Milvis. So, and I'm actually um, pretty high up in the company. So I've been dealing with. Uh, uh, this conflict of interest, you know, I am technically a developer now. So how does it look if I'm also running a media website? So I've been really struggling with that um, over the course of the last, I think, six months since I joined Milvis. So I'm not really 100% sure in case there are listeners of yours that do know who I am and are probably wondering what's going on with that website. Um, I just don't really know because um, – I don't want to come off as, you know, the guy where anything goes and I'll criticize any developer. But now being a developer myself, technically, um, you know, maybe that doesn't come off very well. It's one thing when you're just an enthusiast. But, you know, when you're on the other side of the fence, I think things get a little bit more complicated. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with that website yet. So um, but that's just in case anyone who's probably curious what's going on there. But I will also note for all the interviews that I did for FS Expo. 2019 and the event up in Cosford. I did a number of interviews there. So I'm still in the process of editing editing those up and putting them up on the YouTube channel. So those will go out no matter what. Oh, that's great. I, I run the podcast and I, I will say the podcast is quite a bit of work because I have to do everything with it. I I don't write like all of it. I uh, Luke, uh, who's on our staff, he usually writes the news section and then I read that or he reads it or Kazo reads it's basically whoever has time during that week is able to read it so you do a ton you do both writing you do the podcast you do your YouTube channel like if you go to flight level 350 there's just so many sections what when when it was more in when the website was more in its heyday how do you manage all that work you know a lot of people a lot of people have asked me that and um the big thing is, is a having a very supportive wife because uh, without her, there's without her being accepted to it, there's no way it would have ever worked. Um, how I mostly was able to pull it off was that it it kind of worked hand in hand with my job. So when I first started with Air Daily X, I was actually working for Emirates Airline, and um, I my position there, yeah, my position there was I had. Um, a high grade level position there. And so I worked out of my own like little corner office. So what helped was, is in between my little projects, how I would give myself little intermittent breaks, especially when you have stacks of paperwork on your desk is, you know, one every 10 minutes out of every hour, I'd stop to take a break and stopping to take a break to me is okay. Let's do a quick run for news and see what's out there and see how fast I can get something up on a site, which keeps me working and keeps my, my brain moving because once I get in the zone, I kind of have to keep my brain moving, but sometimes I hit information overload. So I have to switch to another form of work. And so with, um, flight simulation to me, that's always just been, um, you know, something that just stimulates the mind. So, um, that's how I was able to do it there. And then, um, from there, I actually went to work for Qantas. And uh, while I was working there, um, the position that I had was really kind of an overnight position. So, um, you know, I'd come in late in the afternoon, which means that 
in the morning and all noon, I had, you know, all this free time to get news up on the site. So, you know, if, for example, if, you know, I get home at, say, seven o'clock in the morning when the when the uh, the first flights are arriving in, um, that's when I'm pretty much heading home. And then, you know, I'll do that sweep of news um, and then I'll go to bed and then I'll wake up around um, probably noon, do another sweep of news. And then I have pretty much the rest of the afternoon to do reviews or whatever. And then I go into work late at night and then the planes all depart. And then there's just this huge gap between um, the planes departing before the, 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 the morning planes come in. So I basically have nothing else better to do but sit there and hope that there's not an emergency, which is my position there was a kind of a first responder position. So um, I had pretty much all night. Once once the operation was done, you know, I'm still on the clock, but, you know, I'm basically monitoring, um, you know, the frequencies and, and telex and everything else. So um, that's when I'm also writing reviews. And so that also got me on to European time. So people are waking up in like Eastern Europe and news is coming when they're waking up and then Western Europe and, and, um, I'm sorry, I should say Western Europe first, then Eastern Europe, right? Is that, am I getting that right? No, Eastern Europe, then Western Europe. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they're waking up to fresh news. And then by the time the East coast of the U S is waking up, they're waking up to fresh news. So, you know, between six hours of sleep, you know, that all worked out really well. So, um, that's pretty much how I was able to do it. And then on weekends, you know, I do the uh, the live streams or, you know, I'd get home from work at seven in the morning and something would get released and then I'd jump on a live stream. But um, then I took on a, an executive position with Virgin Australia. And when I interviewed for the position, I didn't even consider Air Daily X or anything else. I just, you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity to make a lot more money and to have a, you know, much more important position. Um, you know, the reason I left Emirates was because they were closing their offices. And so for me, it was like, well, what's the next job? So I kind of went to a job that was really easy to do, which allowed me to have all this, you know, additional free time. So, but then going into the, the position with Virgin Australia, I had no time at all. I mean, I was working probably 15 hour days and, you know, I kind of walked in with a big mess dumped on my hands and uh, I had to clean it up. And so the good news is, is that I did a great job cleaning it up. But the bad news is, is that um, over the I think it was like two and a half years that I was there, um, you know, it got to the point where um, the, the executives wanted to hand the airline off to Delta to basically cover everything from below wing all the way up to management. So uh, that was my job was to basically hand it off to Delta. And so now at LAX, when you arrive, everything is pretty much handled by Delta Airlines now, which means that, uh, you know, I had to basically train someone else to do my job, um, which kind of then left me, okay, so now what do I do? So once that was done and I got my, my health, my uh, hefty severance, you know, then it was like, hey, well, so what's next? And, you know, I just kind of just sat and just waited. You know, I'm fortunate that I have a partner that, you know, does very well. So, you know, it wasn't like it was something that was detrimental. But, um, you know, it, she, you know, was very um, patient in allowing me to just to find out what I wanted to do. So when Milvis kind of plopped in my lap um, early in the summer, it was like, you know, my first thought was, is, A, I love flight simulation, and I've always been more interested and curious about what happens on the other side of the curtain. And so this became my opportunity to do so. But the downside is, is that when I got this free time back to do the website, which is why I started it, now I wound up getting caught in a conflict of interest. And one of the promises I made to myself was, is I'm not going to let another job stop me. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to continue to do it. But um, once uh, I wound up with Milvis, it's like, okay, 
it's not that it's just another job. It's that I am a developer. So we get back to that conflict of interest, which I'm still kind of struggling with now. Did these positions at other airlines, was that what started your passion for flight simulation and flight in general? Or did something else start it? No, flight simulation for me started back in 1995. I actually remember my dad, um, he was a big Mac guy because Macs were still, you know, Mac desktop computers were still big back in the 90s. And uh, so he had a number of flight simulators for Mac. And I don't remember all of them. One was like an F-18. They were all military simulators. Um, But one was like an F-18 simulator. One was a a Warthog simulator. Um... And so whenever he would go to bed at, you know, like 10 o'clock at night, then that was my turn to finally get my hands on the computer. Um, So, you know, I'd get up and fly the missions and stuff like that. But, you know, my my dream was always to fly something commercially. I and I have had this obsession with commercial aviation since. 93, which was my very first flight, a uh, flight to Chicago on an MD-80 and then back on a DC-10. And that was November of 1993. Um, so that's when my initial obsession started. Now, according to my grandfather, whom I don't really keep in touch with because I think he lives in the Philippines now. Um, but he would say that um, he told me that because uh, we all knew he had his own plane. It was like an old Grumman. I don't remember what model it was, but my dad and mom wouldn't allow him to take me up on the plane. So he would taxi it around the airport. So if you can imagine a two year old DeAndre just with his hands on the yoke, you know, taxiing around the airport, you know, for for two hours, um, you know, so I think it started there kind of subconsciously. And then but uh, so after um, my dad finally got his first Windows computer, I think in 98. So with that came FS 98 uh, and then FS 2000, what was it? I think it was FS 2000 that came after that. And by then I was living on my own. I had my own job and um, there was a guy who uh, was working. I was working at FedEx at the time. My my first job out of high school was uh, I I did weight and balance for FedEx. So that was a really good paying job. So um, but there was a guy there that was working part time who worked for some computer company. And a lot of these computer companies would throw away computers. Like, you know, they just at some point, they don't want them anymore, whatever, they throw them away. So he was basically rescuing these computers from the trash and selling them in the parking lot at work. So um, I didn't want to pay him for one, but I had a PlayStation 2, which at the time was like brand new. And uh, so I basically traded him a PlayStation 2 for one of these computers and went straight to Best Buy and got a copy of FS 2004 off the shelf. And um, my first payware scenery that let me see. So my first my first trip out of the country was uh, in 2004. I went to Switzerland and this was right after the new Doc E had been built. And I had never seen an airport so clean and architecturally, you know, aesthetic and you know because the airports in the u.s i mean some of them now are getting better but they mostly suck so um so when i got home the first thing i wanted to do was is there anyone who makes that that looks like that that i can put in my simulator and um i think mailsoft was the first one that did zurich but they didn't have the docky or whatever but anyway so i bought that bought lax from cloud nine and amsterdam from cloud nine and then that's where the money started so um, that's kind of the, the short version of how I got into flight simulation. But yeah, it goes back to 95. So Threshold is pretty, well, actually Threshold is primarily X-Plane news. Why did you never go to X-Plane? Um, okay, so X-Plane to me always, and I know you readers are going to just want to hate me for this, but X-Plane to me always sucked 
right up until X-Plane 11. And when X-Plane 11 came out, it was like, oh, my God, OK, finally, they're moving in the right direction. But I think for a number of us that kind of grew up through the the Microsoft branch of things, um, you know, X, FSX. Well, actually, I take that back. I've always hated FSX as much as I've hated every iteration of X-Plane. So that's actually the truth. Um, I was one of those people who stuck with FS9 and was whining and complaining about, you know, why are developers leaving FS9 in the same way that X-Plane people are complaining why are developers leaving, I'm sorry, not X-Plane, but FSX people are complaining why are developers leaving um, FSX, sorry. Well, well, yeah, you had a a post on Air Daily Axe where you you were so excited for P3D because you just hated FSX so much. I did. Oh, wow. You actually read some of my, okay. Yeah. So you actually, so yeah, I was the first person to jump into P3D. That was like version 1.2 or something like that. And no one else wanted to touch it because everyone was afraid of the EULA. And I just didn't care because that was just, that was always my motive. I don't give a crap. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try to leave the cuss words out of this, but yeah, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to stream it anyway. I don't care what the EULA says. And then once I did it, everyone else was like, okay, well then I guess we'll do it. Um, but essentially, yeah, they fix a lot of the limitations that, that X FSX had that I just couldn't, I couldn't get over. Um, so when, uh, back in, I think that was uh flight some 2015, that's when the, the first event, when, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, your X plane uh, guy, uh, Austin Meyer. Thank you. Yeah. So he, he came down to that event. That was the one over in uh, Hartford at the uh, new England air museum. And so when they started showing off the first, I think it was that year, they started showing off the first previews of X plane 11. And for once they finally got my attention. And then after that, they released the, uh, the demo. So the demo right off the bat blew me away especially the night lighting i completely loved it but there were there were a couple of elements that um that kept me from committing to x-plane and the first element was the performance so with p3d on my system now i I have a jetline systems computer and it's basically their high-end computer from i think two years ago i've just recently put in some upgrades but i'm basically running p3d at pretty much the max out settings with x-plane i had to drag those settings way down to get decent performance in my system so that was one of the things that kind of bugged me and so yeah i probably should have given it more time but this is just a demo because as of today i still haven't purchased the full version and i'm sure it's probably a lot more um streamlined than it was then uh another issue with it was um I'd be flying at night and then I'd fly into a cloud and everything would go white. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so that I was, was another thing that I couldn't get over. So now we're two out of three and then three out of three, um, which I think is the most common complaint is, uh, the winter, um, the seasonal variations. And that to me is a big deal because for me, there's nothing like, you know, trying to, you know, uh, troubleshoot an ILS approach in, in a snowstorm, you know, the sort of things where if it's real life, no matter how qualified you are or your aircraft, you're going to divert. But for me in the simulator, I'm going to go anyway. So I enjoy that fun. And that's something that X-Plane just hasn't done yet. And I imagine that, you know, they will get there maybe with the next um, iteration of, of X-Plane, but uh, they're just, they're not, they're not there yet. Um, so, um, you know, and I'm, I'm under huge NDA with Microsoft now, so I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that I'm using it or not. Cause they are, they are very strict at their NDA. Um, but you know, I am hopeful that X plane 
will continue to develop above and beyond where they are now because I think they've, you know, Austin and the team, they've put so much money into it that it would be stupid to leave now. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of people and even developers that are saying, oh, the the new Microsoft simulator is going to be the end all be all and it's going to kill everything else. And, you know, whereas it is definitely impressive, I, I think it's important for the community to have options. And I've always said that from the very beginning, you know, it doesn't matter what simulator you fly as long as you love what you fly and you enjoy it. But I think we should always have options. And, you know, I don't know what Lockheed Martin's um, position is in terms of the future. I think for them that they probably are not concerned because most of their clients are probably um, corporate clients and commercial clients and, you know, DOD stuff like that. So they're, they're probably not, you know, so much concerned from the enthusiasm level which technically it's not for anyway so you know if you get down to you know what are the top you know enthusiast platforms i would like it to be you know um ms 2020 and x-plane you know 12 where x-plane 12 finally bridges the gap between what they are not doing now and you know what they should be doing feature feature wise in the future so microsoft has never um intimidated Austin over the course of all these years where it just didn't sell as much and all the way back when it was only on Mac and fewer and fewer people were having, you know, buying Macs back then. A lot of people were moving over to Windows systems. Um, so it's, it's exactly. And so, and he's stuck with X-Plane all the way through it. So, you know, I would like to think that if it never intimidated him before, it shouldn't intimidate him now. And, you know, I, I, I would just like to see effort go into, you know, those few, areas and then i think it'll be good to go so i finally upgraded a lot of additional cards i just bought two one terabyte ssds so one is for ms 2020 the other is for you know the next x-plane 12 that i'm just waiting i've already heard rumors that it's like in development i don't know if it's you know been corroborated or not you guys probably know that a little bit more than me so but i would like to be able to try them both because um aiming at this from the milvis perspective and this is not something that, you know, we are going public with yet, but, you know, we're definitely looking at MS 2020. As of now, we are 100% remaining commitment to P3D and the future of P3D. Um, obviously, you already know what's going on with X-Plane and, you know, definitely Colin's position with X-Plane, um, you know, and things just haven't sold very well. But I'm still keeping X-Plane in my back pocket because if they do come out with an X-Plane 12 and, you know, they do bridge that gap you know i think what it's going to come down to is is where where is the market going to shift so will the market shift towards x-plane will it shift towards um ms 2020 i don't know you know so it, it all depends as developers you have to look at okay where is the community going um and and that's going to be the big thing and i'm sure austin and the team are looking at ms 2020 and they're going to want to look at what the full feature set is that's going to come out for that you know and you know if i'm austin my thought process is okay i need to look at everything they're doing and find a way to beat it um because x-plane has pulled a lot of people over they have i mean um it yeah and i you know i'll be honest with you i'll be honest with you i thought the uh the navigraph uh what's that uh the 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 charts the the navigational not data the charts but they they did they every year they do the um the survey the, poll, yeah, yeah. the survey there it is and when i saw that x-plane and lockheed martin were basically 50 50 i was literally saying that's bs there's just <laughs> no way there's just no way um but when we were at flight to mexico 
2019, which we've had the biggest ballroom we've ever had. And the ballroom on a Friday was packed. I mean, there must have been, what, maybe four or 500 people in there. And Jetline Systems was doing a seminar, and he asked, okay, how many people are using X-Plane? And not even a third of the room raised their hand, you know, and then he goes, well, how many people are raising P or are using P3D and half the room went up and then how many people are using X-Plane and the other half of the room went up and a lot of these people are overlapping, which means they're using both. So, you know, I, I, because, you know, I, so I definitely see that, you know, a lot of people are going in that direction because the thing is. P3D, as great as it is, and we haven't seen version five yet, but as great as it is, you know, it's still, you know, it still uses in many areas FS98 code. A lot of people don't know that. Whereas X-Plane just feels new. It feels fresh. It feels invigorating, even though it's missing a lot of elements. So I think what a lot of people are going to be looking at, you know, when MS2020 comes out next year, I think it's that's when they're supposed to bring it out, is they're going to be looking at probably what feels fresher, and they're going to be looking at where all the third-party developers are going. And I know a number of third-party developers have already announced that they're not going to support X-Plane anymore. So I think the only way that that's probably going to turn around is if, um, you know, X-Plane 12 comes out, and you're matching it with MS2020 and people are like, whoa, okay, these two are neck and neck or one is the better than the other. And then developers, and if that happens to be X-Plane, then developers might have to rethink it. And so for me, and my position at Melvis is, is yes, we're looking at what MS2020 is doing. We're looking at what uh, Lockheed Martin is doing and we're looking at what X-Plane is doing. And, you know, we're just trying to, you know, figure out where the path forward is because I will say this. Um, you know, since MS 2020 was announced, you know, a lot of developers have seen significant losses in sales. Sales have dropped because people are now in this position where they don't know where the future is headed. And they're afraid that if I spend money now, you know, it's only going to be, you know, relevant for, you know, however many months. And then, you know, it's not going to be relevant anymore. I'm going to want to see what's coming out. Exactly. So it, it is hurting some developers in that, in that retrospect. And so to support, multiple platforms that starts to become difficult and really expensive. And one of the things I can tell you now being on the other side of the fence, I it's, it's amazing how complex things are and the things you don't think about like payroll and, and uh, you know, how money has to be split so many different ways that by the time all of your employees are paid off at the end of the month, it's like, okay, wow, now we've got to, you know, go to the next month and try to make it work again. So it's, it's, it's really no joke. It's really no joke. So I can understand now a lot more clear, why developers make the decisions that they make. And historically with X-Plane, X-Plane users just don't spend in the same way that the the X, uh, the FSX iteration fans spend money. And, you know, I know this personally because if I were to tap into my SimMarket account and my Aerosoft account and Flightbeam and FS Dream Team and all these companies, um, over the years since that first purchase that I mentioned – I think I've spent somewhere around $5,000 on software add-ons. So, um, you know, your average X-Plane user is probably not going to be able to say that. So that's what it comes down to as well is, is you know, who's willing to, to spend money because at the end of the day, if, if it costs you, you know, $70,000, $80,000 to develop a product – 
um, and it only makes fifteen twenty thousand dollars in one particular platform, then it just isn't viable. And I think for a lot of developers, that's what they're finding in X Plane right now. So, but. Um, I, I think we're in an exciting time. You know, when Dovetail was doing their thing, it was exciting for a minute. Um, but even more so now, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna see something interesting happen. I think a lot of people are gonna stay with X Plane. I think a lot of people are gonna stay with P3D. But I think people are going to, you know, assuming X Plane comes out with a new version, I think they're gonna want to download both, buy them both, and you know, and see which is better. You know, and it might might be both. It very well might be both. And it might wind up being in the best, you know, um, interest of developers to to support them all and try to find ways to give everyone everything, you know, while not going broke, but also while not exactly giving everything away for free. So I definitely think the next the next 12 to 15 months are going to be very interesting. But um, in short. You know, that's why I'm not in X-Plane now, but it's not like I'm anti-X-Plane and want nothing to do with X-Plane. I just it it's falling short in key areas that I find important where it excels. It excels tremendously. It's an amazing platform, but it's got to it's got to pick up in these other key areas to really kind of win my heart over. And so I keep watching. I keep listening. Um, you know, I follow your guys' uh, uh, site threshold, and I look up there and I go, "Man, that plane looks freaking awesome!" Like you guys have some badass planes. I don't know if I'm about to use bad words here, but you guys have like amazing airplanes. And for me, it's like I want to get X plane downloaded just so I can fly some of those planes. So, um, you know, it, it, it all comes down to what's twelve going to be, and that's that's what I'm kind of hoping. Um, is going to be the one that wins me over. I guess we'll see. I think that what you're kind of alluding to is that the both P3D, MF, MFS 2020, and also X-Plane kind of need to play to their talents a little bit more. I think that X-Plane would probably be a lot more successful if whenever they enter X-Plane 12, if they pay attention to things that the community does a lot. I, I think something that's actually very, very telling, uh, you may not know too much about this, but um, one of the one of the bigger things that you can do for X-Plane if you want to have major graphical changes or something is that you get a plugin called Fly with Lua. And then from there, you're able to install various things such as different light shaders. Um, one of my favorite ones is there's uh, a Lua script that allows you to... It actually has uh, cloud shadows on the ground, which is something that default X-Plane doesn't really come with. And um, I think that that's like an area of X-Plane where people are really able, well, actually where Laminar Research, I think would really be able to see what people want because that focuses a lot on graphical stuff and, and things that X-Plane kind of lacks. I have both. I have P3D and I have X-Plane, um, both for separate reasons. Um, I, I can tell you as being someone who started in X-Plane and who went to P3D that it's definitely, I'm a lot more reluctant to put down, uh, like to take out my wallet and pay and it's also a lot more frustrating to be in p3d after x-plane has like an amazing camera setup and then having to drop i think it's like 38 dollars or something to get chase plane or something that just allows me to move the camera comfortably um but i think that what i think what you're getting at is definitely very true where uh well you know it, what you're getting at in your explanation as to why you don't use x-plane which is that they're not necessarily playing to their talents enough and and explain i think once their new visual engine falcon comes out we'll probably start to move in a really really positive direction and i think that if they just keep on listening to third parties and stuff that maybe they'll have a pretty good shot 
shot at Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, um, which I'm sure you're very excited for, as I can actually kind of hear the excitement in your voice. Um, but yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right, and um, I think that's the other half of it as well. Is you know when you're when you're branching into a new platform, it's knowing what you need, and that's a big thing. Like with P3D, for example, there are a lot of things that are built in, like cloud shadows and stuff like that. But there are other things that you know that are ancillary that you need. So, like Chase Plane, somebody coming into someone coming in, into P3D that's brand new may not know about that, um, or like PTA or, or uh, Tomato Shade and a lot of these other other uh, add-ons that that really make it so much better. Because default vanilla P3D is it sucks, but once you throw in Orbix True Earth and you know all this other stuff, then suddenly it really starts to come to life. So. You know, I think, you know, for X-Plane, it's trying to find that threshold of what, you know, utilities and the same for P3D, if it's important to them, that should be built in. And, you know, maybe and, and that's the other thing about X-Plane, too, that I think would be great is, is that uh, because it's so open to developers in a way that P3D is not, um, you know, for them to have a way where when you install something, it, you know, it throws that interface right in there. So when you're when you're throwing in these third-party add-ons, it pops up in an instant menu as opposed to having to launch like 30 different third-party programs to get things to work. And, you know, I think that's the other half of it. And so for me, whenever I'm talking to X-Plane groups at, you know, fights and events and stuff, you know, and they're like, okay, well, just tell us what you don't like. And I'm like, well, this and that. And they're like, oh, but you got to get this. Oh, and you got to go download that. And it's like, okay, I'm not taking notes. So, you know, anything outside of like an X-Plane person sitting at the computer with me saying, okay, download this. This is what this does. Download that. I think that probably would also help me along too. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot older than a lot of people think I'm pushing 40. So for me, it's like when you kind of get into your zone and you're, and you're ready to start getting into something new, if you know, it's, it's like, how do I know where to find stuff? So even for me running ADX all these years, that's why I did it because I wanted to help people figure out where to find stuff. Even to this day, I know about aircraft and utilities and stuff that I use that I know 90% other people don't use because they just don't know it exists. And because I'm not, running a website to tell the world anymore it's like you know whenever i'm you know the the, the odd live stream or um someone comes over and they see me something like whoa where'd you get that plane from i didn't even know about this plane and it's like yeah it's really old but it looks new but no one knows about it you know so that's the thing is 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 like maybe a starter menu maybe you guys should do something like that like a, like the the x plane must have starter package where you just have like a you know a list of things like these are all the third party downloads that you must have in order to be able to do this and that and the other maybe that might help too for for folks like me anyway Jeez, don't take my job away from me <laughs> never that's actually a really good idea though so (laughs) i'm definitely gonna pass that one on um yeah i mean we'll we'll see what happens i think that i I do that like literally every single person that's been on this show has has every single time that microsoft flight simulator 2020 comes up they keep on everybody says these next few months are going to be interesting like almost verbatim and i totally agree i think that you know, if if Microsoft delivers in in the way that P3D lacks and that Xplane lacks as well, then they've definitely got like a very very compelling product on their hand. But then, at the same time, if Xplane responds in a great way, then you've got that too. And then there's also the people who stick with Xplane because of the flight model and stuff. But 
Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to pass that idea on to the team. I think that's actually really, really a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a huge helicopter guy too, by the way. So, and everyone always tells me that the dynamics and X plane is just so much better. So, um, to be honest, and I, I, you know, I go to heli simmer all the time, and I look at all these X plane videos of people landing their helicopters up in the Alps in these places, and I get so jealous. But before, I didn't have the space on my computer, so I, now I have the space. But now it just comes down to do a should I just go ahead and grab X plane now? or wait till 12 and i'm like i don't know where i'm hearing rumors that 12 is in development you just mentioned vulcan engine and all that so it's like i think that's kind of what i'm waiting for so i can just be swept off my feet and wooed i don't know (laughs) yeah we'll see i let's take it back a little bit to air daily x and your time there um so you you left air air daily x and then you pass it on to other people you know as you mentioned it has been pretty much um it's defunct now. How does that make you feel having something that you spent like so much time on just be gone? Honestly, it hurts. <laughs> um, it, it does because, um, you know, I was given a, a, a lot of promises, you know, the person that I handed the website over to, um, the way that whole thing went down was really, there was a fan of air daily X and, um, you know, he'd been reaching out to me a number of times throughout the year and throughout the years. And I spend a lot of time, if I'm not in LA, then chances are I'm New York. New York is where I spend most of my time if I'm not in LA. And, um, and so every time I'm there, he's always wanted to invite me out to his place. And so one year after uh, Flight Some Con 20, I don't know, I think it was like 2017 or something like that, um, we were driving back to New York from Hartford. And, um, so this time I actually, you know, went to meet him because where, where I usually stay is in an area called Hell's Kitchen. And that's, you know, basically where he lives. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite neighborhoods. I love it there. So. <laughs> oh, you live in New York. Oh, well, I will be in town, I think, in February. So we'll definitely have to meet up. That's my favorite city. Oh, yeah. I love that town. Yeah. So um, and so that's where he happens to live. So he invited me over to his place and. You know, he's got this 737 full motion simulator in his in his penthouse. And I mean, just total super awesome guy, really friendly guy. And um, so, you know, I kept in touch with him, you know, and um, so this was before I had gotten a new job. So by the time I got the new job, there were key people that I was reaching out to and letting them know, hey, I'm giving you guys heads up that, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to keep Air Daily X going anymore. So I thought I'd give you the, the heads up directly. And so at the time that I had gotten around to him, uh, you know, he had basically came back and said, well, wait a minute, you know, I can, you know, I, I can, I can keep it alive. I, you know, and so we started talking about it. And it's important to note that I never sold it. I never, I never made a dime. I just, you know, Air Daily X was never mine from the beginning. In the beginning, it was Dominique, who was a, a, a somewhat well-known French um, newspaper journalist in, in Paris. So he's never used his real name. So to this day, his real name is not Dominique. He doesn't want, you know, anyone to know who he is because if you're a well-known journalist and, uh, you know, they find out you're writing some little blog about airplane toys, you know, maybe, maybe that hurts your credibility. So, um, and so when he left, he basically left it in my, in my hands. And so my, my hope was that I could then leave it to someone else's hands and they can continue with it, with their style. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's how we can just continue to survive. And so I thought maybe this is that opportunity. And, 
So I was given a number of promises that to me left me feeling, wow, this is going to be great for the community. They're going to love it. It's not just my opinion anymore. It'll be, you know, multiple people, people who are actually journalists and, you know, a lot of money is going to go into it, which is something that I was never able to do was put a lot of money into it. Um, celebrities would be able to come on and do things because of this person's connections and all that. And so I thought, well, this is great. This is, this is, this is going to be the best thing for flight simulator. And, um, so when I started communicating with the new team um, that wind up becoming like five times removed, <laughs> who would ever thought, but, you know, I started, the first thing I did was, you know, I wanted to kind of warn them, you know, like, listen, uh, I don't know how much experience you guys have with being, uh, you know, uh, front of house with the community. Um, but the particular Air Daily X community, these guys can rip you apart. So you, you, you just let me just start warning you guys in terms of what you can expect. But there were key certain elements that I basically said, you know, under no uncertain terms, don't do this, don't do that. It will be a bad idea. And I was basically told that I needed to step back and let them, you know, run the show and let them, you know, trip if they're going to trip, fall if they're going to fall and, 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 you know, step back. So I did. And it was not hard for me to do because because once my new job got up and running, I didn't have any free time on my hands anymore anyway. So um, so then they proceeded to do essentially everything that I said don't do. And then they started to upset a lot of people. And Air Daily X people can be easy to upset and also very difficult to upset. But your average Air Daily X fan, they know I'm going to throw a lot of crap at the wall. So they're used to that. So they, they can put up with quite a bit more than, say, your average you know, have some forum member will will put up with. So um, if you piss off this crowd, then you've really done something wrong. And so a number of bad things happen. And, you know, my name was still attached to it at that time, because there are still things I wanted to do. I wanted to do reviews and live streams. And I still have that feeling now, you know, pulling up, uh, I pulled up the um, Land Vetter from Orbix that was just released by Marcus Nineberg. And that is just like the first thing as soon as I saw I was like, oh, my God, I want to stream this. This just looks so great. You know, so I still have that that feeling of wanting to, to do it and show things off. Um, so I had planned to to still do that with Air Daily X. But, you know, once they crossed the line with Majestic, some guy came on there and he wrote some article about Majestic Q400 is a is a scam and a ripoff. And I'm like, oh, my God. So the first thing I did, because my phone, my text messages, my emails, my messengers, everything just caught on fire like all at once. I wake up in the morning and like my phone is literally like smoke is coming out of it. And I'm like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Is there another terrorist attack? Like, I don't know what's going on. And then um, I get to the website and I read this and I'm like, holy crap. So the first thing I did was I reached out to Majestic and I'm like, look, guys, you know, you know, this is not coming from me. And they were like, yeah, we understand it's not coming from you, but it's really upsetting. It's very disheartening. Um, and uh, that was already kind of like the cherry on top from a number of other issues that people were having with the website. And then for me personally, all the promises that were stated not coming to fruition. So, um, you know, my my only final request was that the old Air Daily X website remain online. So the the Google blog, which is where Air Daily X started, that's still online. You can go to I think it's like Air Daily X dot blogger.com or whatever it is that's still there so all the real stuff from all the way back from like 2010 or whatever is still there but from where i took over the reins and started running it on my own that site is gone the bill has stopped being paid the domain has been allowed to lapse um so all of that is now gone so 
Um, and I was promised that that will remain. So that I think struck me the hardest because all of that work that I've done. And to me, there's an imp importance in archiving because when you want to go and Google something, you know, I come up with stuff from websites that news websites that have been long gone, but are still online and you, you learn about stuff. And so for me, my hope was that it would stay there kind of like in perpetuity because, you know, when someone's Googling something, they can still use it as a resource, you know, or if they need a review of something or, or whatever. And so once that went down, then that just that really that really stung because, A, that was many, 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 many years of hard work. That's just it's that's just disappeared. It's gone and no one will will never see it again. Um, and, and I won't lie. It certainly affected me when it came to starting the new website as well. And that's why with the new website, I wanted to do something differently where I wasn't going to slave every single day, every hour of the day trying to get news out. I think FS Elite does a great job with that. So I, I you know, I'm not uh, I'm not that concerned. I mean, Threshold, at least on the X-Plane side of things, you guys do a great job in that element. So for me, the goal was just to just be all opinion blog. Something comes out. If I think it's crap, I'm going to say it's crap. If I think it's great, I'm going to say it's great. But I'm not aiming to get every single news piece out. I'm only aiming to talk about things that, you know, to me really stand out. Um, and so that was the goal behind this, because if this thing falls apart, then I'm not as hurt as, you know, with what happened with Air Daily X. But yeah, a lot of promises that just that just never never came through. And I remember thinking back to all the the uh, the paperwork I signed, and you know the the contracts and all this heavy fine print. I had to have a lawyer go through this stuff, and it's like I you know what is even the point? Because I'm never going to make money off this thing. Um, you know, I'm not selling it. So what's the point? So I just wanted someone who was passionate, which was my feeling of the person at the time was was his passion. Um, and he's definitely passionate about flight simulation, but I don't know. There's just something has happened there. Um, and the whole thing fell apart. So everyone that was working there have all left. And, uh, after that, there was no one left to run the site. So it just lapsed. So even the new air daily X is gone and maybe it's for the better, you know, because I know it was upsetting a lot of people. Um, so, you know, FS Elite, I think they do a great job getting the news out. You know, the news is not always quality news, in my opinion. Um, and I, I, I think the guys there and I, you know, I've got a lot of them in my friends list and I chat with them. And, you know, I, I, I commend them in the sense that, you know, they've they've done everything that I could never manage to do that I've always imagined that I wanted to do. Um, so I definitely applaud them in that. But, you know, they they tend to stray away from having you know, opinions that might be considered controversial. And that's the kind of stuff people like to eat up. <laughs> um, so, you know, they, they tend to keep it more Wall Street journalish and, and not so much Howard Stern-ish, which is, uh, you know, the kind of the direction I would go in. So, um, so it, 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 it's great for getting the news, but, you know, it just, it doesn't have that oomph. Like, you know, if you see something on Sim Market that is, composed of mostly default scenery and crap that's being sold for $30. Like I will be the first one to come up and say, this is BS. This is garbage. I don't care. This is, this is crap and it shouldn't be sold. Now, granted they have their right to sell it, but it's crap. It's 
straight up clearly crap. I remember blueprint simulations. I used to pick on them all the time because they would, you know, they, they'd sell this stuff at a price that's competing with Fly Tampa and it's just junk, you know, and, you know, people would attack me and say, hey, I don't think it's junk. And that's great. And but that's what made it great. People, you didn't have to agree with me. And if you wanted to argue with me, that's fine. You can go ahead and argue with me. But, you know, that that sort of element, I think, is just missing somewhere where you need someone to kind of speak on behalf of the little guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so no one really does that sort of thing anymore. So I think that thing is sort of missing. And I think a lot of people are afraid to take that step. Whereas with me, I was never afraid to because I was always coming out of my passion. So, um, you know, but at the very least, we have solid news organizations now, whereas before it was just fly by night, you know, blogger pages, you know, that would pop up and disappear, you know, every so often. So at least now we have a number of set solid news organizations that you can rely on. You can go there, you can get news. And so I think at the very least, that's, that's good. Yeah, I definitely, I, I, I agree. I mean, I was actually really, really excited to discover a threshold when I first came across it because I had never thought about flight sim news. I, I would really just get everything from the forums and then to have like a centralized place is great. But I totally, I, I agree with you with the whole opinionated thing. Although it is sometimes frustrating when, because streamers definitely have the largest voice in the community when it comes to um, just a opinions about various products or various services and although sometimes it can be frustrating when they kind of spew stuff that's like really really strongly worded it is important I feel for people to get their point across and for other people to hear that maybe their their opinion is like the same as theirs like they have somebody else to talk to and they're not alone in their thoughts and I think that's probably a lot where having controversial opinions and also just being able to share your opinion in a biased way is definitely very beneficial. I think that we wouldn't have learned, um, like we wouldn't have learned together the X-Pain community about how um, things are developed and like what we want if it weren't for some things that happened with SSG um, a while back uh, when they released the 747 uh, version 2 and it was not what people had expected it to be um so yeah yeah i definitely applaud yeah, it's, you it's that. that contrast yeah it, it is that contrast and um you know but so i hoped to bring that back but now i don't think i can being a developer now because it, it just would be wrong for me to say this product is crap and oh also this guy works for milviz that that wouldn't be very good so um i'm stuck right now and you know i think you know, for me, I, I, a lot of my time also needs to go into the marketing of our own products. So it's, it's a bit rough. And I, I know a few developers are already a little bit disappointed <laughs> uh, because they were looking for, forward to me coming back and, and also having that, you know, that, that other perspective. But yeah, at least for the time being, I don't, I don't think there's anything I'm going to really be able to do. Cause for me, it's like, if I can't go 100%, I'd rather not go at all. That's just my modus operandi, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so as far as the next few months, I mean, a lot of it, you know, and in, in my excitement and things that we're working on is everything that's really um, internal with Milvis at the moment. Um, nothing really big on my website other than the reviews that I'm going to release as far as what I'm going to be doing at FS Expo. I'm not 100% sure. I know Evan and the guys have asked me to cover the Friday event because no one realized that Friday seminars would be so huge. Sorry would be so huge. Um, and it's funny because all the way back in 2015, I was telling them that I was like, listen, let's 
have an extra day because this conference is just too short. And they were like, I don't know. We don't, maybe if we get more than a thousand people, we can justify, you know, adding a third day to the event. And so when they did it this year, no one expected that that many people would show up where they booked out the entire ballroom. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but for a Friday, I mean, that was just amazing. So I'm sure in Vegas, they're going to be expecting that again. So anyway, they've asked me to cover it. Um, so I, I will definitely be doing that. So I will be there with camera and everything in tow. Um, but uh, as far as if, whether or not I'll be going around and doing, doing interviews, I don't know. I guess it, 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 a lot of it's going to depend on whether or not we get a booth. If we get a booth, then I'll be there officially as a representative of Milvez. Otherwise, I'll probably be there, um, you know, as an attendee of Milvez um, and then covering the Friday stuff and, you know, hanging around and chatting. And who knows? I mean, I, 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 I like the fact that I'll have the camera because sometimes developers show up to these things that you don't expect is going to show up. And it's like, oh, my God, I have to get them on camera. So that was the case with Fly Tampa over at Cosford. So um, Orbix had had done their um, their seminar. And at the end of the seminar, these two guys walk up to me. and They're like, yeah, you're DeAndre from Air Daily X. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to beat me up. Like, uh, this is probably a couple of people I've pissed off. Um, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, hey, I'm Emilio Senyen. It's from uh, from Flight Tampa. And then, you know, I almost like hit the floor because I'm really I really am. I'm like a little girl um, when it comes to developers because I'm a really big fan. So, you know, and then I basically spent the rest of the day just hanging out and chatting with them. And then um, so so I'm like. I'm like, I know George lives like in Southampton. I'm like, is there any way you guys can get him to come? Because those two guys, I think they live in, I think, actually, I think Emilio lives in Germany. And I think, um, I think Yanis is down. Is it Yanis or Yannick? Oh my gosh, I'm butchering his name. But I know he still lives in Greece. They're both Greek. Um, but George, he lives in, in, in like somewhere near the Southampton area. So I kind of pushed them to try to get him to show up. So he shows up the following day, like super incognito. Like, I don't even think he wanted me to know he was there. And then uh, Emilio texts me and he goes, listen, George is here. So if you find a way to like, you know, incognito get over here, you know, maybe you can meet him and chat with him. And so I get over there and he's there and he just turns out to be the coolest freaking guy. I mean, I've been a fan of this guy since his first Boston release, the freeware for FS9. So, you know, to meet these people in person, it's just great. And so it basically took me about maybe six hours to convince him to finally come on camera. And it wasn't until the event was basically done <laughs> and I finally got him on camera. So it's like, um, and that's why I bought the camp, brought the camera to the UK. Cause I really wasn't there to do interviews, but I'm like, someone might show up, you know? So, um, I'll definitely have it because I think if someone shows up to, uh, to Vegas that I'm, that I'm not expecting is going to be there, which I can tell you now, there are a number of developers that I've told me in confidence that are definitely going to be in Vegas, but they don't want it publicly announced yet. So I'm thinking I might just have the camera and a microphone handy just in case they show up. I can run to my hotel room and grab it and be like, listen, I got to get you on camera, you know, but it would be great if, if, um, you know, like we could get other media to, to publish these things because I'm just not big anymore. So people don't really know where to find this stuff. So we'll see. But my question to you is, is there anything you want to ask me that uh, that you might want to discuss or, or cover? There definitely is. But the listeners will have to wait until part two of this interview because DeAndre and I have been, well, you'll hear the edited version of this, but we have been at it for an hour and 33 minutes now. So we don't want to. Oh, my gosh. I can really run my mouth, right? 
Yeah, we want to make sure that we can cut cover that in the next episode, or just cover it in more specificity, so I don't have to edit this down to thirty five minutes that an in flight episode is. So, stay tuned for next time. I'm looking forward to it. So yes, DeAndre and I are not done talking. We still have a few more topics that we want to cover, but we weren't able to get to it, surprisingly, in the hour and a half that we were on call. So stay tuned for that. Next week, we're going to have the editorial piece that I spoke about earlier as well. This episode has ended up being really, really long. So contrary to what I said in the beginning, I wasn't even able to edit the episode down to the 35 minutes that it usually is, which is really, really telling. DeAndre and I talk a lot but nonetheless i'm really really excited to have him back and to talk more with him and i hope you are too thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of in flight catch you guys next week